Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. Today we are chatting with my friend Rocky Lalvani. Rocky is an immigrant. His parents, when he was young, immigrated from India here to the United States, and he helps businesses become profitable. So he is a profit first certified planner for certified coach, and he is creating a course uh, to serve people who aren't at the level yet to be able to afford the one-on-one coaching that he offers. We had an awesome conversation about what is Profit First, why you should pay yourself, how to actually do it. There's a book called Profit First that he is a student of, and he actually took me through much of what the, the book is all about, a kind of an overview summary of the book and why profit is so important. If we are not profitable as business owners, we will not be business owners very long. And it's so easy to put money, quote, back into the business. And he said, it's okay to do that, but you need to do it with intentionality. And he is uh, just really helping a lot of businesses. I know this episode, if you are in business right now and trying to be more profitable, not really sure about your numbers, maybe you're not an accounting person, because a lot of us, we go into business, me included, and we're not accountants. We aren't numbers people. We just have a passion for a certain thing. We're good at a certain thing. So we turn it into a business and don't really bring that financial skill set to the table. But as a one-man show, you, you've you've got to... You've got to know your numbers in a business. And surprisingly, very few people, business owners he talks to, really understand their numbers or do anything with it. And this profit first strategy really simplifies things to make it easy to look at your bank accounts and decide, do I have enough money for advertising? Do I have enough money to do this and to do that? But number one, you're paying yourself first. So you're seeing the fruits of your labor early on and you get into a habit of being profitable and taking profit. So that's what this episode's about. He's got an awesome course that is uh, just launching. So if you're interested in that, there'll be a link in the show notes. And here's my interview with Rocky. Rocky, welcome to Streams of Income. Thank you so much for having me here, Ryan. Oh, Excited uh, to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. So last time we, we, we hung out at Social Media Marketing World a few years ago, right before, was that in 2019, right before the world collapsed? It was March. I literally, I was in California for a week and a half and I uh-huh. flew from California to Florida. Uh-huh. And, and I remember sitting there and we're, we're looking out over the gates of Disney and we're like, is this COVID thing real? Like yeah. people don't seem to care. Right. And I left Florida, I think Monday and Thursday, the world shut down. Yeah, man. <laughs> we got that conference in right before, right in the nick of time. <laughs> <laughs> right in the nick of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, you know, I, I love hearing people's stories. So I know we're here to talk about profit first and how you turn that into a business and how you got a course coming out about it, which is so cool. But I love stories. So take me back to the younger Rocky. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's funny when I look backwards, I can connect all the dots. Mm-hmm. But I never could have connected them forward. Like mm-hmm. no idea whatsoever. Yes. So is it, I, I'm an immigrant. We came here uh, when I was a little kid. My parents starting over in life, trying to figure mm-hmm. out the American dream. Yeah. And it was somewhat unique in that money was a normal conversation. It was a normal conversation in the house. Mm-hmm. It was a normal conversation with their friends. And so 
I just assumed people talked about money. Yeah. There were also a lot of people were at a wide variety of income. So, uh-huh. you know, a lot of people were starting over. They had different levels of income, different jobs and so forth. So we saw people at all different income levels. So I think that was just, hey, there's an opportunity to make money. There's an opportunity to do that. And as a kid, I was like, I want to be rich. Like, I want to be a millionaire, right? Where where did your parents immigrate from? They came from India. Okay. Wow. So, you know, cultural shift, very different time than it is today. So, you know, navigating through all of that. uh, But I was always the one who wanted to kind of hustle and make a buck. So, you know, early paper route, that kind of thing. And then what I was doing when I was a kid is I would go into New York City. We lived in Jersey. Uh I would buy stuff wholesale and I would bring it back and I'd mark it up 100% and sell it to my friends and teachers. Love it. So back then it was like, you know, the credit card calculator first Uh came out or there was a lot of digital stuff just coming out. So I would just kind of go buy that kind of stuff or even just cassette tapes. You buy a hundred of them mm-hmm. and you could split them up and mark them up because yeah. there was no five below back then, right? There was yes. no real Walmart. Maybe there was somewhat of a Walmart, but they weren't local yeah. to us. I think the closest to that was Woolworth and uh-huh. Kmart. I remember Woolworth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Kmart and Kmart, but I could undercut them, you know? So that's awesome. I, I was doing that. So I was always making money as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I took all that money and I walked into a computer shop and I bought an Apple II Plus, the first uh-huh. Apple computer. So yeah. that was $2,000 in cash. It had a whopping 4K of memory, right? <laughs> Super powerful. <laughs> right. And as part of that, what I learned to do was... Um, start programming and stop encoding. And then they came out with the first electronic spreadsheet, which back then was VisiCalc. And so some adults noticed, hey, this kid knows how to do electronic spreadsheets. They're bringing me into their Fortune 500 companies going, show our accountants how to get off of paper ledgers and start using, you know, this type of new technology. Yeah. And even when I got to college, uh, I got hired in a bank and they're like, you know how to do spreadsheets? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, you just sit in this room and, you know, create spreadsheets and do all this stuff for us. I'm like, cool. And so my thought process then was, okay, I'm going to get out of college and I'm going to build spreadsheets for people. Mm -hmm. But it's also the early eighties. Well, actually it was late eighties by this point. Right. Uh I have no idea how to approach people. Mm. I have no idea how to say I can build you a spreadsheet. And I had no idea of how do we even explain the value of that. Mm. And so in the meantime, I just got a job and I started doing really well at work and and started making a lot of money. So when you start doing that, right, some of those passions disappear Mm. or you don't, I don't think I had good guidance and I don't think I would have listened to good guidance. So it doesn't really matter at that point, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and I did well, but I was always the financial guy. I was always trying to figure out um, the numbers in a situation. So whenever I was doing sales, I was always running the numbers, helping to show how 
this was a better value for the client or even yeah. from the sales side, you know, oh, I see where the problem is. And and everything I did back then, I tracked. Like I was always using by then it was Lotus One, Two, Three, eventually mm-hmm. became Excel. Like literally at the end, like our grocery list is on Excel, right? It's <laughs> in the order of the supermarket. So you literally have an Excel sheet. It's the same things you buy practically every week. Yeah. You tick them off. We run it. We're in and out of the store in you know 14 minutes because we're not going back and forth. <laughs> we awesome. never miss anything. And it's almost like a game. So yeah. you're so focused on the sheet. Yeah. You don't look around. Yeah. Right. It's just how quickly can I get myself in and out of here? And we do that with all parts of our life. So I think there was that big Excel and in the financial side. So I, yeah. I made my success. I made a lot of money uh-huh. and I built wealth. And then it was like, well, now what do I want to do? Mm. Right. Yeah. How, and, how long did you work at the bank? Oh, the bank was just during college. Okay. I got out and I ended up in a, in a sales position. Uh-huh. Um in in a major corporation, kind of yeah. followed the sales path um, for most of my life. But I was always the sales guy who understood the numbers, mm. which surprisingly most don't. So mm. I could explain the contracts to my clients. I could show them how to maximize their contracts, mm-hmm. how to get the biggest rebates, how to, you know, so people appreciated that. Yeah. And we showed them how to be able to do things and, and make them more financially Mm-hmm. profitable for for the clients mm. uh, you said something that was very uh, eye-opening you you got you started down the corporate path and your passions dis your passions disappeared right for entrepreneur how did you get that back then because i think that does happen to people like as kids we're, we're big dreamers and then you get married and have a family and you got to be quote practical and let's just go get a job and then just <laughs> You know, some people still have those things down deep. They're like, I one day would want to do that, but it just seems like too risky to do. So how did you, how did that come back to you? So I think we always had a little bit of side hustles. The other thing that I'm geeky about is reading the tax code. And Mm. and not that I love the tax code. It's I want to save on taxes. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, part of that was doing a little bit of tax work on the side. So that was Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit of a side hustle was one yeah. With that, but I quickly realized that on my side hustle, my tax rates were astronomical. Mm. And it took me a while to figure out how to play that game better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always kind of a small thing. Then we got involved in real estate. So mm-hmm. I was doing rental real estate flips. So I was still doing that corporate side. Okay. Um, okay. So we had, we always had something kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, occasionally I dabble on eBay back in the early days. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, uh, you know what? You're, do you remember Teletubbies and like Barney yes. and stuff like that? So I had little kids. Yeah. There was this thing that Microsoft put out, and I found them on clearance at a local store for a buck. And I bought them for a buck. I put them on eBay. I was selling them for like $50, $60. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> but it's it's a one-time thing, right? There's sure. no supply chain on that. Right, right. So I was always playing around on the side a little okay. bit. Okay. And then at some point I was like, okay, what do I really want to do with my life? I built my wealth. I have the ability to walk away. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to get my wife to walk away from her job mm-hmm. and start a business. And I said, you get it started and I'll come join you in a couple of mm-hmm. years. Okay. And 
it didn't happen. And finally, I got sick of work. Things started to go south. I had a lot of freedom in work. So it had, had the screws been turned earlier, I would have left earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, but things were relatively good. And so I just said, okay, I'm going to build a retirement business for me. Now, mind you, I'm still in my 40s at that point, mm-hmm. right? And so I just started exploring things. And one of the things that I really was going to do was financial coaching. So I can teach people how to be a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. I can't do it this weekend, but I can do it over 10 years. Yeah. But the market said to me, well, if you can't do it this weekend, we don't want it. We don't care if you can do it in 10 years because that's too long for us. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you're not willing to put the time in, you're not going to make the money. I mean, Warren Buffett, you know, 90 plus percent of his wealth came after the age of 65. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. He didn't make his first billion, I think, until his 50s. It takes time and consistent effort. Um, Nowadays on on YouTube and I guess on TikTok, you can be a millionaire overnight, but (laughs) we can even talk about how many of them actually have money. Right. versus how much they actually keep because mm-hmm. for a lot of them they don't really get to keep much there's there's a few outliers that that do well um so i started like really spending a lot of time trying to to build this on the side mm-hmm. and then at some point it hit me that business owners weren't looking at their financials i'm like what And it dawned on me, oh, wait a minute. They went into business to do what they loved. Yes. And accounting wasn't on that list. And so (laughs) most of these business owners were flying by the seat of their pants. They weren't looking at their numbers. They Mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on. And on top of that, the accounting reports, they don't give the business owner the the actual information they need to run their business. They're all Mm -hmm. looking in the back, the rear view mirror. Yeah. And they're not forward looking. So it's really hard for business owners to understand their finances. And so Mm -hmm. when I started to realize this, I started investigating and I was like, could I do this in this marketplace? Could I help business owners? And would that work for me? Mm -hmm. And I realized it did. And so what I eventually did work got kind of sucky. I'm like, I I quit. I'm out of here. That's awesome. Right. And I, it took me six months from when I decided to quit to when I actually quit. So I mm-hmm. slowly built up all the things I needed to do, picked yeah. my exit plan, and literally I quit on, put in my resignation on Monday. Uh-huh. I met with Profit First on Wednesday and signed their paperwork to join them. Like it was all, everything was locked and loaded to roll. Nice. And, and then six months later, we were sitting in, in Florida and, COVID happened and the world turned upside down. <laughs> and, but in spite of that, things have absolutely taken off. So it's, yeah. it's been a good, fun ride. Wow. So tell me about Profit First for those that never heard of it. What in the world is that? So Profit First is a book by Mike Michalowicz. If you never read anything from Mike, Mike is a serial entrepreneur. He's got all kinds of books about how to run your business. The, the cool thing about Mike is Mike talks like a business owner, entrepreneur, and I'm talking about the everyday guy. He's funny, right? He talks in a language that we all understand, not these big accounting mumbo jumbo and all this other kind Uh of stuff, right? (laughs) So Mike owned um, 
a ton of businesses. One of them was a forensic accounting firm. He's not an accountant, but he mm-hmm. actually investigated Enron. Yes, they were guilty. Sold that company, walked away with the seven-figure payday that we all hoped for. And within two years, invested in a bunch of other businesses and found himself broke to the point mm-hmm. they're coming keys for the house and the car. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how did I screw this up? And he really started to to think long and hard about what he wanted to do next and what happened. And one of the ahas he got was we were given the wrong equation for profit. Mm. So everyone's told sales minus expenses equals profit. Mm -hmm. What happens then is profit's a leftover. It's an afterthought, right? Even when Mike ran his company, he said, we were never profitable. He goes, I made my profit when I sold the company. So Profit was an event rather than a habit. And he said, this is all wrong. They've got it all wrong. He said, let's change the equation to sales minus profit equals expenses. Mm. And now we take our profit first, right? We're supposed to pay ourselves first. We said our business was going to be profitable. Why aren't we doing that up front? And so- From that, like that was literally a chapter in one of his books, and it got so much traction. He went out and wrote an entire book on it uh, amongst his so many other books. And then he's built this entire company, which is Profit First, on going out and helping other business owners to essentially put Profit First, use this is a cash flow system, it's not an accounting system. Mm-hmm. It's designed to work the way business owners work. So let's face mm-hmm. it. Most business owners get their phone out, look at their bank account and say, do I have money? Do I not have money? Can I spend? Can I not spend? And it's designed to leverage those habits and use mm-hmm. them to our advantage. Mm-hmm. That's the way that the, the system works. So you don't have to read Excel sheets. You don't have to figure out a P&L. You just have to basically look at your bank account and and segregate everything so that it makes you profitable yeah is it is it easy um to go in like practically what that means like talk about a business that's doing it the old way and what that looks like practically without going too deep in the weeds and um... yeah so in mike's book he shows you by the size of your business what your targets should be Mm. but then what he says is you're not there today for most people and what he did was have you ever heard of um the envelope system, like maybe mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. So you're familiar with that. So yeah. the envelope system is back in the old days when, when people got money, they would take their cash and they would say, okay, I need money for rent. They put it in the rent envelope mm-hmm. and they take money for um, food and they put it in the grocery envelope. Right. And he had to pay the utility bill and that went in the utility envelope. Back then, people actually saved for Christmas, right? So they're not sitting there going, oh, my God, how do I pay for these gifts? They they had the cash. Then we put a couple dollars in a Christmas envelope all year long. Yeah. And when, when you went to the grocery store, you took the grocery envelope. And when it ran out of money, you stopped spending. Mm. You, you learned how to make do with what you had. Well, it's the exact same system for business owners. Mm. But instead of sitting around with cash and envelopes waiting for everyone to steal it, we use bank accounts. And basically what happens is we have one account that's called the income account Mm -hmm. where all your money comes in. So you can always look at your income account and see how much money's come in. Mm -hmm. 
And then we take our money from our income account and we allocate it. So guess where the first place we allocate to is? The profit. The profit. Exactly. That's simple. Mm -hmm. Whatever your percentage of wherever you're starting, we put money in our profit account. Mm -hmm. Now we have profit and we have it in cash. Mm -hmm. The next thing we allocate for is your pay because most business owners don't pay themselves until last. And when they're starting a business, they're afraid to pay themselves. Yeah. And so we allocate money to your pay. Just because we allocate money to your pay doesn't mean you don't have to pay yourself. You can let it build up in the business for a while Mm -hmm. if you're uncomfortable taking money out of business. Mm -hmm. Then we allocate money to the tax account, Mm -hmm. right? Because we owe taxes. And then we allocate it to operating expenses. Now, for I know a lot of your listeners might be Amazon sellers, might be online e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. If you've got an e-commerce business where you've got a relatively high cost of goods or you need to order from China, you got six-month timeframes, we sometimes set up a separate account that's called cost of goods. Mm-hmm. And you take that percentage and you put it aside so that the next time you need to place an order, it's not, how do I afford this? It's like, yeah. oh, I have cash here to buy my next order yeah. and I'm ready to go. And if you've got a fast growing business, let's just say your cost of goods is 20%. We might put 30% in cost of goods so that now you can buy one and a half units on every sale. And so that allows you to grow. And then you've got your OPEX, which is all your overhead accounts. Now, when you go to your bank, you can say, okay, how much income came in since the last time? How much do I have in my operating account to spend? Mm -hmm. And then how much is in my cost of goods? How much can I order? Like all of this Mm -hmm. stuff becomes clear and the actual cash is there to be able to do it. And that's literally yeah. the gist of the entire system yeah. is give every dollar a job, mm. put it where it belongs, and then use it for that intended purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, bet, I, I would imagine this more, it's a mindset thing that people have to get over, right? To switch to this. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset issue. It literally yeah. is. Yeah. And, and the other thing that we, that people go is, oh, that's so simple. It'll never work. Or I'll do it on a spreadsheet. <laughs> Here's the bottom line. You don't look at your spreadsheets now, okay? You're not a geek like me, right? Right. So if you're not looking at your spreadsheets or your accounting system to make financial decisions, you're never going to do that. You're looking at your bank accounts. You can still look at your bank accounts and say, okay, I have money. I don't have money. And you know how to appropriately spend for it. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, if you've got a high marketing budget, we'll even put money aside for marketing. So, you know, okay, this is my marketing budget. And if I run out of marketing money, I go, oh, what happened? I ran out of marketing money. There's a problem in the system. You get an early warning indicator. Mm-hmm. So each of these accounts is like a check engine light. You know, yeah. oh, my marketing's not working. Oh, you know, my overhead's too high. Oh, this. When you've got a big pile of money, you'll spend it all and you won't think. And then and then the bills come and you go, oh, my God, how am I supposed to pay for taxes? Right. How am I supposed to order from China? How am I supposed to do this? Yeah, that's good. Man. So what, a, what give an example of like a, and maybe it's broken up even more minute, but like a zero to 500K business versus over 500K. Well, how much do you what's the percentages for profit? that you're supposed to shoot for? So in the book, 
no matter how big your business is, Mike always has 15% for taxes. Mm -hmm. So owners pay and profit, like profit starts out at about 5% and -hmm. it maxes out at 17%. So the 17% million, $10 million. Owners compensation. So their pay, it starts at 50%. And then it slowly goes down to 3%. So if you think about it, you're running a $10 million business. You're now the CEO or the owner. You're not doing the day-to-day. When you're a one-man shop just starting out, hey, all of this money is coming to pay you at the beginning. And so it's it's sliding scales up and down. Okay. And what we do is we start with where you are today. Mm. And then we make little changes. This is not overnight success, right? Mm -hmm. That's always been my story. It's not overnight success. It might take two to three years to get Mm -hmm. from where you are today to where Mike has you in the book, but little steps over time compound. And that compounding just becomes massive. And so that's what it's all designed for is how do you compound through it? How do you make it work? And how do I take tiny steps to get from where I'm at today to where I want to be? And the cool thing is it scales. Like yeah. if you go from a hundred thousand to a million, it automatically scales your pay up. It automatically scales up your profit. It automatically sale, scales up the amount you need for taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you're putting money aside for cost of goods, it automatically scales up the money for cost of goods. I think too often what happens is, especially in in e-com and a lot of businesses, everybody's talking about the vanity number, which is top line sales. Mm -hmm. You never hear people brag about their profit numbers though, do you? No. Everybody's always, because it takes so long to find out if you're profitable or not profitable. It's usually much later in the cycle. Mm. So everyone's always thumping their chest like, oh, I had a seven-figure launch. And I'm always like, well, how much did that cost you? And they're like, uh, seven figures in the dollar? I'm like, so wait a minute. You just did a seven-figure launch and, and everyone's clapping. There's this guy who hands out records, right, for the million-dollar uh-huh. sales funnel? Yes. You start talking to the people behind the scenes and you start to hear that they don't have cash. They mm. don't have money. They spent it all on advertising, software, affiliate fees. I mean, these platforms take a big chunk of money. Yeah. Right. And I think this is what people don't realize. Oh, I bought this for $10. I sold it for 20. I'm profitable. Uh, Wait a minute. You sold it for 20. Mm -hmm. You paid 30% to the platform, Mm -hmm. which means you only have $4 left. And you pay $3.99 for shipping it. Yes. Oh, oh, wait, I got a penny <laughs> left. I got to run my entire business, pay myself, pay for software, pay for everything off of this penny left. Mm. And I think that's where people, they die a slow death Yeah. because they haven't done the back of the math to understand what's really going on in the finances of their business. Mm. And that's a big part of what we try and help them do is to understand that. And understand how all the different things come together. So, I, I mean, I love getting into to clients' dashboards, especially on Amazon. Like, we'll go uh-huh. in and we'll sort everything. I'm like, let's look at your profit margins. And they're like, wait a minute, I'm losing money on all these products? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh You're God. losing yeah. money on all these products. Which yeah. ones are you making money on? Oh, look how much I'm making on that. I go sell more. Yeah. Stop, stop buying stuff that's losing money. Start selling <laughs> stuff that's making money. Make sure your individual margins by your products are where they need to be. And I think too often people don't realize how big a margin they need yeah. to be able to truly make a dollar. Mm, that's so good. Um, so there's the book that you obviously read, you know it like the back of your hand, and then they have certified professionals, which is you, you're one of those. Um, and you are creating a course. Yeah, so we created a course. So one of the things that really has come up um, just amongst all of us profit first professionals and just dealing with clients is, you know, at the end of the day, we have to live too. So we we do have charges and, you know, monthly investment to work with us. Yeah. There's a lot of business owners that at the end of the day, they don't have enough revenue or margin to be able to, to invest in us on that type of a Mm -hmm. basis but they need help. And Mm -hmm. so the course does a great, I mean, the book does a great job of teaching it. Mm -hmm. What we find is that there are friction points Yeah. or they read the book and they do it and they look at it and they go, Oh, this doesn't make sense. Or they get the equations wrong. Mm -hmm. And so what we decided is we really want to help these business owners. How do we figure out a way to help them? That's fair to both sides. And what we did was we created a course. It's called the Profit Blueprint. And it comes at different service points. So we've got everything from do-it-yourself to done-for-you, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And we go through, we teach all the principles of Profit First. But that, to us, is just level one. Mm. Because when we work with our clients, we go from level one to level 10. And what we wanted to do was give everyone the same tools that we use to help them go from level one to level 10 Mm -hmm. to understand how to do this on your own without getting an accounting degree, without understanding all these crazy financial reports, Mm -hmm. but how to simply do it. So we do everything from basic forecasting Mm -hmm. to, you know, looking at a product and looking at all your products and evaluating which ones are most profitable and which ones aren't, mm-hmm. to doing cash flow projections. So you can see how much cash is coming in, mm-hmm. to how do you set up the whole system, to how do you make sure your business and you fit together and, and do all of that. So I think we've got over... Right now we're at nine modules. We keep wow. growing. Like this That's is going to awesome. be a living course. Yes. Like too often you get these courses, you buy it. And then two uh-huh. years later, they're like the new improved version. Yes. <laughs> we're just going to keep improving. There will yeah. be no new improved version. So to speak. That's awesome. We'll just keep adding to it. And we're going to, we're going to create so many niches within it. All, I think there's like 85 videos, but they're so short. They're like three to seven minutes mm-hmm. and you don't have to watch all of them. Like, we're like, hey, pick and choose. Here's beginner level. Here's advanced level. You know, do what you can to get started. And over time, you can just keep coming back and, and leveling up mm-hmm. and making yourself better and better at understanding the finances. And we created all the Excel sheets so that they're all there and ready to use oh, to nice. fill in. So it, it makes it easy for people 
to be able to do that. Once you have a framework, mm-hmm. it becomes easy. Then the question is, oh, can I afford an employee? Well, we've got a calculator for that. You know, can I make a capital investment? Can I buy a truck or can I do this? Mm-hmm. We've got a calculator for that. Wow. So we've created these tools for each and every situation. So again, it starts with, hey, here's the course. Mm-hmm. Do it yourself. If you've got a question, ask inside the course, we'll answer. So there's support. Yeah. To, okay, do the work and submit it and we'll review it for you. So that's a next tier up. Awesome. And then the third tier is, hey, you just go look at the course. We'll do all your homework. We'll give it to you. Nice. And we'll tell you what you need to do to maintain it going forward. So depending on where they're at or what they want, we're offering different levels of support all below where we work with you one-on-one. So if you're a big e-commerce person, you're generating revenue, but you're not keeping it then a one-on-one solution might be the best. And I'll be honest, I, I've worked with e-commerce people mm-hmm. that have three and four and five million in revenue. Mm-hmm. The dirty secret is they're not taking any of it home. Yeah. Right. Wow. It's all going right back out the door. Mm-hmm. They're using borrowed money and they're wondering where all their borrowed money went and they're struggling with their financials. It, yeah. it is not hard in the world of e-com to get your overhead, just what all these softwares and all the this and the that, yeah, it it adds up. Fast. It adds up fast, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the person who wants to build their business and they put all the money back into the business to grow it faster? Do you still tell that person, "Hey, that's great that you want to grow your business faster, but you should still start taking profits and pay yourself"? Or how do you, how do you handle that person? Maybe they already have a full time job, so they don't need the business to pay the bills. They're doing this as a side hustle, but it's starting to grow and um, everything's going back into the business. So I think what happens, people fool themselves when they say that, right? They're just saying, oh, everything's going back in the business, but it's not Mm. going back with any intention, Mm. right? When are you going to make profit a habit? Yeah. That's my question. So we build the profit muscle up front. Mm. You pull all the profit from the company. Now we have couple of different decisions at this point. Number one, if you have debt, we can use profit to get you out of debt. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Two, we want you to pull some profit out because I want you to create another stream of income somewhere else. Mm. Right? So things go up and down. Mm-hmm. Pulling the profits out and building another stream of income or building a capital base for your next venture, whatever that opportunity, or investing in another venture. So Mm -hmm. we want you to do that. Next, we want you to celebrate a little bit. You work hard. Come on, let's have a little fun. Let's take our profit and let's go enjoy a little bit of life. Yeah. Lastly, I want to reinvest in my business. Okay. I've got a profit account. I have 20, 30, 50, 100 grand in my profit account. Now I'm going to take my profit account and say, where is the best place to deploy this capital in my business? Mm. Rather than just constantly saying, oh, I'm, I'm reinvesting in my business, right? Yeah. Without any intentionality, without anything. And I, I think we get caught in that trap. Yeah. So I'd rather they be intentional about how they're going to do that. The other thing the profit account does is it creates a cushion of cash mm-hmm. so that if there is a problem, you can 
get through the problem. You have the reserves to handle getting punched yeah. in the face. Because the reality is, as a business owner, we're getting punched in the face constantly. <laughs> it hurts. But when you've got cash, uh-huh. you get through it. Yeah. You deal with it. You figure yeah. your way out to the next step. Yeah. If you haven't done that, if you're on margin, you know, living on the razor's edge all the time, mm-hmm. it gets very, very difficult and very, yeah. very hard. Yeah. And so I think it's, you just have to be intentional with it. And, and everything in the course is about building intentionality from deciding what is it that you want? How are you going to do these different types of things? It's a much more holistic approach than just here are the numbers yeah. and so forth. And even within the course, we have calculators to say, okay, what, how many leads do I have coming in? What's my conversion rate on leads? What does that generate for total revenue? Mm -hmm. How many repeat customers do I have? What does that help me with for my sales? So you can start looking at your business as a math equation and say, well, wait a minute. If I get four leads and I only get one sale, what if I improve the process? Mm -hmm. What if I get four leads and I get two sales? Well, I just doubled my sales without doing any extra work, right? Right. Yeah. So looking at that, also looking at, you know, within the, the individual products, you know, where are my margins the best? Mm-hmm. Because that's where I'm going to focus my efforts. The world yeah. is telling me where they want to give money. Yeah. Listen and, and go shift your business constantly to those yeah. types of things. So all of those things are built out, easy to use. Everything comes with explainer videos. We walk through it and you get to ask all the questions you need to ask to make sure it's done right for you. I love it. It's going to be so helpful. So I know that um, it's called Profit Blueprint and then you'll get me a link and we'll just drop that in the show notes and um, when that's ready, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, by the time this releases, it'll be ready. So there'll be a link there. Um, the link will take you, if you want to go directly to the sales page, I think we'll have it. Um, we'll, we'll get you a link to the sales page. We'll, we'll also put in a a little bit of a discount for your listeners as well. And then if, if somebody's unsure and they're like, we want to learn more, we want to talk to you, we can schedule a call. And I think by the time this goes live, we're going to create a lot of explainer videos Mm -hmm. so that you can actually see what's inside the course. So hopefully by then we'll have the explainer videos up. We'll show you like you can actually see what we're talking about and Mm -hmm. see if it makes sense for you. You know, at the end of the day, our goal is for people to have a growing and more profitable business you know, you look around, small business is the backbone of America. Mm-hmm. We're what creates jobs. We're what gets people out of the recession, right? It, it's in times of trouble that small business steps up and, and yeah. brings America back. And you can use this wherever you are in whatever country. So you can bring your own country back. Yes. You know, I, and I we really just want to help the small business owner to, to actually reap the rewards of the risk and the time and the effort they put into their business because they deserve it and they should have it. And too often we're hearing too much of the glamour of top line. Yeah. We want to see the glamour of the bottom line, how much you actually get to keep. That's what you can spend at the grocery store, feed your family. (laughs) That's correct. That's (laughs) what top line revenue. That's what pays your bills. That's what allows you to give your employees a raise. That's Mm -hmm. what allows you to, 
be charitable in your community and to give back and do all of those things. All of that comes out of profit. I think too often in the non-entrepreneurial world, profit sometimes is a bad word. I know. It should not be. (laughs) Not at all. Not Not at all. That's how people get paid. If you're not profitable, you can't pay them. You can't hire them. (laughs) That's so true. Well, Rocky, thank you for doing this. Thanks for being on my show. Thanks for uh, your course is going to help a lot of people. So on behalf of all the small business owners across the world, thanks for thanks for what you do. And thank you for having me. And actually, if I could ask your listeners for a thank yeah, you, go for it. If, if you like what Ryan does, will you say thank you to Ryan by by liking his podcast or leaving a review or best off? Just share it with somebody you think yes. that that might enjoy it. Yeah. He would very much appreciate I would. that. Yes, I would. <laughs> Rocky, thank you so much. Appreciate it. It's been, a, been an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much for having me. And we teach everything that we do on the Profit Answer Man podcast. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.